Hello, welcome back. Welcome to episode four of season two of Everyday Being. Uh, I'm Gareth, and once again joined by Steve, who's who's here. He's also drinking a uh, sip of water at the moment that I'm calling his name because I call it a bit earlier. How are you, Steve? I'm good, Gareth. Thanks. I think it's episode three, actually, but you're one you're, you're one ahead of yourself. But I don't think it is. By the way, I don't think <laughs> oh, it is. Not? I think it... Oh, oh, no, it's wasn't. not. It's four. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, that's my mistake. Then I'm one behind. <laughs> Got a time distortion. <laughs> Well, and on that note, on that note, I'm going to jump straight in. Uh, you can see how well prepared this this is seamlessly working. Uh, our topic today is time, um, which I'm really intrigued to see exactly where it goes. Uh, we've got some thoughts. Steve's even been uh, using AI and ChatGBT, or probably even the next advanced version of that, who's given us a description of of time. Um, and as ever with our pod, uh, pod we are going to take a topic and think about it from a being perspective and think about what it means on an everyday basis. So whilst time may sound something a bit abstract and something Professor Brian Cox-esque, we promise you it is not going to be that. Uh, it actually is going to be something that we think about, about how it relates to everything that we do day in, day out. It is something that time just absolutely is all around us day in, day out. And whilst it has an utter simplicity in terms of, I don't know, seconds, minutes, hours, days, years, actually it is incredibly complex and a different difficult and elusive concept that actually philosophers and scientists have, have debated for uh, many, many years. Um, we're not going to try and do that because I don't think we're scientists or philosophers, but we're going to think about it from a being perspective as ever and think about what does that mean? Steve, when you kick us off. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think when we originally talked about this, Gareth, wasn't it? We thought, well, what's a, you know, trying to think of different topics, and we thought time because so many people struggle, you know, don't feel they have enough time. And even before we got on this video and recorded it, we were both, you know, say, "Oh, how are you?" and so on. We we're going, "Oh God, I got a lot to do," you know. <laughs> and so I think, particularly perhaps nowadays as well with technology and so on it does feel like um you know everyone has some sort of struggles with with time so i think it is quite a useful thing to to sort of think about um and as you said i did experiment with at these open ais just to say what well, you know what is time and does time exist and and it's really interesting how <clears throat> it it reflects back actually physicists and philosophers have talked about in debated time for a long time and there isn't really any clear view on what time actually is and, and actually sort of whether it exists. Um, I guess as we've talked about this from the sort of everyday being, I guess one of the things we've been pointing to is in a sense is saying, well, actually, the only time we're ever having an experience is in the now. So in a way, saying, well, actually, when we really examine our experience of life, we're sort of living in a perpetual now, which I think is probably why there's been a lot of discussion about does time really exist? Because as we've talked about on previous episodes, you can't even go back a couple of seconds into the past or even into a couple of seconds into the future. Every moment of our life 
the only thing that we can say has been a constant has been the fact that we're having an experience. And <clears throat> the reason we know that is because we were we were aware of that. We were being in that at each moment, to each moment to moment to moment. So to in effect, that that sense of being aware has been the one constant in our experience. And that awareness is always in the now. Um, and then mm. I think where the complicate it seems to me where the complication is, is because our mind then, the, obviously the currency of the mind is thought. And really, if you sort of examine it, our thinking is never present because even as I'm thinking now, it's always slightly out of the moment in a sense because of the time it takes mm. to think about something and then express something. <clears throat> so in a way you could say, well, it's it's our thinking that actually creates, creates time. And I'm sure we'll then come on to what's the significance of that in terms of how we live our everyday experience. Plus, I think we'll talk a bit about the, the significance in terms of mental health, because I think as we've touched on before, you could argue mental health is contentment and contentment means that we're very sort of present in our experience. And invariably, when we're struggling with our mental health, you one common denominator I think we'd all experience is we tend to be thinking about things that have happened and going back over things from the past or thinking about things in the future um, and and being less and being less present. So I think that would be my my sort of overview, really. Um, but what yeah. about you, Gareth? Any, any thoughts on that or anything that particularly comes to mind for you around this topic? Yeah, I think when we were we were planning this, I think actually whilst it does sound sort of quite big and vague, I think what I really like about it is that it can take us in in different directions, really. Um, and and just to give my sort of thoughts on to some extent what you've already said is actually when we're talking time, I think there is that key point around, but the past that is gone and there's nothing we can do about it. And the minute that we've said these words or done them they're gone they're out out out, out and 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 they're unchangeable and secondly that notion that we keep coming back to is that just the future is out our control and unpredictable um and not something that will define our our happiness that i don't know if in the future that happens then you know we'll we'll be happy based on on that you know some of the inside out thinking outside in thinking that we've we've talked about as well so i really like the sort of notion of the, the what we think about the past what we think about the future and therefore that conclusion we come to is therefore all we have is what we what we are experiencing where we are coming from who we are being in in that moment and I guess our ongoing encouragement of understanding those different component parts and encouraging us all completely to be connected into, into the moment. So I really like those three parts of what time could look like. But I, but I also like the fact that, you know, as you've already said, many of us are, are time poor. Um, and so therefore, 
actually what 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 does that mean on an everyday basis how can understanding of of being maybe you know change and shift our understanding of I don't know usage of usage of time, experience of of time. Uh, I don't know ma- management of our of ourselves. I, I don't I don't quite know. Um, but I, but I think there's something you know something really interesting about I don't know that time time management is something that I guess uh, you, you plenty of books written about time management. Plenty of courses that we've probably experienced and seen through the years about how best how best to do that. Um, which you know, to some extent, you can almost apply the sort of some of our principles about past and future to say, actually, you can't manage time. Actually, just it is an utter Im- impossibility. Actually, what we can do is you know is understand nature of time, understand our being, and actually by having those things coming together, actually the way that you know the the way that we are can can have a different experience of of time really so so time time can't be managed but yeah plenty of people are time poor and equally as you've already said there are plenty of people that time can be in abundance and 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 as you already you you've brilliantly said actually such a significant impact on on mental health and i i suspect loneliness as well actually that that because there is this sense of a lot of time um and what might happen in it actually that can create such such sadness as well so you have these really interesting sort of you know contrasts creating almost similar slightly different i think outcomes of actually we we feel in a negative state when we have insufficient time but equally we feel in a negative state when we have too much time as as well so uh, it it's just such an interesting topic i think that gets stretched in in different ways be it past future too much too little as sort of four four corners almost I'm almost slightly pointing to a bit of a compass in many ways that I'm not entirely sure exists, but but there's something for for me in that. And I think if we can, at the heart of that, put being and think about it from this everyday nature, actually, how can this, how can we think differently about the impact that time can have on our happiness? Mm. Yeah, and I think just to <clears throat> build on that, the it's interesting you thinking about the sort of power of the mind because that ability to think about the past reflect on the past you could say well that's a really useful attribute we have because we can then learn from experience so you can see that that there's a real positive in that and that probably means why human beings have sort of you know been able to sort of prosper and progress as we have Plus, then we have imagination, so we can then also use our imagination to create things we never created before. So we can learn from the past, and then we can create the future anew. Yeah. So you can really see that you think, well, wow, that is such a wonderful gift. You know, whoever invented this system, <laughs> it was like, what a brilliant design. But you can also see there is a sort of flip side to it, which is that we can then go back over the past and like you say almost beat ourselves up about that feeling oh my god why did I say that or why did I why did I do that and make sort of judgments about ourselves which can then sort of 
you know, create that stress and problems for ourselves because, like you said, we can't we can't change it. And of course, we can, like you see with anxiety, a good example of anxiety is that we can project ourselves into the future and create a whole scenario about, well, what what if this happens or what if that happens? Um, and of course, unintentionally sort of create, um, you know, create that anxiety for ourselves. So I think it's quite helpful to see that, you know, the mind plays quite an important role in all of this. And we'll perhaps come on to our state of mind and how to sort of navigate that and the impact that has on time. But I think at the same time, just acknowledge that our thought is a wonderful gift, you know, is an incredible yeah. gift that we've been given that, you know, enables us to um, navigate and and sort of create our experience, really, sort of create our mm. experience and, and create our life. But like any tool, I think, you know, it, it can be misused if we're not, if it's, if we're not really careful. And I think our relationship with time is where that sometimes shows up. Yeah. Do you know, um, for, as people will know, I'm a I'm a keen runner, um, and I'm now four weeks away from uh, doing another marathon. Uh, so I'm just in the absolute guts of some of that long long run training now. Um, it's it'll be five years this year since I properly ran my last one, and and the last one I did went went you know better than I could ever expected. Um, and this this training uh block that i've that i've been in we've been i've been doing it since probably late late october so you know it's five and a bit you know five-ish months is it that five yeah we'll be certainly five and a half months by the time i get to it but i'm certainly well four and a bit so you know all those hours that have put put in into it um and I, i keep finding myself comparing to the training block from five years ago when it went really, really well. Um, like I was even doing a sort of ridiculous exercise the other week where I was comparing my mileage from this, this uh, round to the one five years ago. And I went on a week by week basis and compared, compared the numbers. Um, and even two weekends ago, I ran a almost identical uh, run uh to one i did five years ago and i was you know i was comparing almost each mile that was better but that was worse that was that was not as fast at the at the end as it was then but that bit was you know and i'm like completely sort of comparing this sort of moment and as much as i know you know my my sense of being and, and and everything that we talk about i can't help but be pulled into and comparing myself to something that happened five years ago and and you know other than the fact i'm probably running the same distance at the end and i'll have worked on it for the same period of time um actually there's an awful lot that is very very different and and isn't comparable to it and you know clearly i'm five years older and you know i've had plenty of injuries between now and then i didn't get as injured back five years ago as as i did now so you know the two things are not comparable um and you know my my hope my expectation and everything that i'm preparing for the marathon will be i've got not an expectation of time at all 
Um, because interestingly, I have found uh, even then, uh, but you know, now, but hopefully I'm genuinely, I think free from it, if I'm really honest, that actually the, the notion of a target, the notion of time actually is just such, yes, it motivates. And yes, actually, you know, we've got to, you know, train predicting what things could look like, but actually it, it just has such a, if I'm really honest, horrible, horrible impact of, you know, we, you define what, what a good time will look like. And actually, if you don't reach that good time, and, you know, look, we could be talking tw- 15 seconds out, 20, you know, two minutes out, five, you know, I've, <laughs> I've come away because I've run a, run a few of them in the past, right? You know, I've come away absolutely, you know, um, devastated that it's not gone well. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like? Yeah, I was six minutes slower than I wanted to be. And you just go, Really? Okay, you just you yeah. You know, what what where did that target come from? Well, I you know it came from I you know I, I thought about it and and maybe 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 there was some real logic that went into that target. But you just go look. I've just put that notional target, not particularly based on on something, um, and actually that will define that will define happiness. Mm. Um, and. Yeah, so so this time around, I'm genuinely in a place of I've worked really hard. It's gone. The training's gone well. I'm gonna just go out and see how those 26.2 miles go. Uh, I mean, clearly, I can give everyone an update on it when I've done it post the 16th of April. And if anyone wants, we can see how those these words stand up then and see how we've gone. But you know, I, I guess in the preparation for the episode, it just, it was something I was thinking about, about how I'm comparing to something that happened five years ago, which just is so fundamentally different and how a target. And in this case, time can be the definitive assessment of whether it's something come back to our book of law is good or bad hits what I want it to do versus do you know what? I've worked really, really hard. I'm going to enjoy the experience. It's going to hurt like hell and be horrible. And, you know, it'll be great come the end of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's really been a bit of a theme recently in some of the coaching I've been doing about the the that sort of sense of expectations and, yeah. and, sort, of, and um, sort of judgments. Is that someone I've been working with? <clears throat> I said to him, um because it comes up sort of in work a bit for him and I'm saying you know he's really keen sort of runner and cyclist and stuff and so I said to him I just sent him an email I said oh it might be really interesting just to notice what's the is there a value in expectations and judgments when you when you run and when you cycle just as a thought experiment I said just as a curiosity just an inquiry just to check out is is there a value is there a value to it and um, some of this note back going, oh, see, he said, that's my happy time. I don't want to be thinking about that. That's <laughs> like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to upset you know that. That anyway, I did, I did a conversation with him yesterday, and he said actually it was, it was, it was a really interesting inquiry. He said because there was um, one time he said I think it was a cycle and he said I had this idea in my mind about the previous time and then I missed it you know he said so I Mm. had that sort of just on my mind 
And then he said the next day it didn't have it. And he said, I beat it like by a long way and had no realization that that, that that's what I'd done. And I really, we were going back to then talking a bit about, you know, Tim Galway, which I know you and I have talked a lot yeah. about over the years. And we've mentioned a few times, I think, who you know, Tim who wrote the inner game, but the inner game of tennis, inner game of golf and so on. Um, and I thought one of the things he um, really highlighted was when you're coming to awareness. So he was very much about um, how do you sort of tune into your awareness, be very present. So the being bit that we, we the way we've expressed it. He he noticed that when he was coaching as a tennis professional, that judgment really interfered with that awareness. Mm. And um and I think it's just so true that as soon as so judgment starts to kick in, you, you in order for that to happen, you have to come out of the present moment. So in a way, as soon as we start to judge or you see it with worry, as soon as we start to worry, you'll notice that your mind then isn't present. It's slightly into the past or into the future. That's the sort of nature of the judgment. Oh, God, I didn't hit the target then. What do I need to do to hit it now? Oh, I didn't hit it mm. again. What do I need to do now? And so it automatically sort of gets you oscillating, really, between the past and the future, which takes you out of the moment. So your awareness is sort of contaminated by the mind in a way. And mm. therefore, the very thing <clears throat> that enables you to be <clears throat> more effective, which is your presence, your your being, your awareness, is the very thing that you're interfering with. And so, you know, in a way, stops, limits your potential in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have in that, in that moment. So you can sort of see how the way we relate to our being or the way that we and or the way that we think about time you know is really is sort of really important it has a real sort of impact on our experience but also it has a real impact on our performance as well oh com uh, completely that i mean i've certainly found may many and unfortunately far too too many times that 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 expectation has impacted performance so you know particularly running shorter distances and again fixated on what times should be and what i should be doing or how i should be should be feeling i remember a particular park run that i was doing where i wanted to get a certain time and it just felt really hard really really early don't know why just 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 did and i remember looking at my watch after about a mile and it not being anywhere near that time i wanted to uh or wanted to, to to achieve um and how quickly i was very fatalistic about it to the point of ah, no, don't bother and 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 you know that, that you know my potential or my performance was going to be what it was that day you know as you as you already said with the, the gentleman that you were working with of some days it's good some days it's it's bad for whatever whatever reason and there's multi-factors that will will go go into to to that but the thing that limited the most was that expectation and then judgment and then failure 
and clearly this is time-based that quickly led to me go well what's the point there's no point i'm i'm stopping stopping that yeah and and whilst you know whilst i'm clearly talking about you know a hobby and activity that is very time-based actually you know that but the things we're talking about just can apply to any situation, isn't it? Where you have that expectation of how something will go and it's not going the way you want it to. Um, and then, you know, quickly go, okay, what, what, what is the point? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And it is, as we've talked about on a number of occasions. And if anyone uh, reads our latest blog post, it is about that expectation and that investment in a particular outcome that actually becomes that limited factor. So we've we've shared and referenced a number of times George Pransky's wonderful model around involvement investment, and it's included in the latest blog post. Actually, that that's a really good example of high investment in that outcome and clearly high involvement, because I'm the only one that could do that, that running in that situation. And the expectation that it must look like this then becomes that emotional roller coaster of ups ups and downs rather than yeah, my my potential and my performance is whatever it is for good or for bad that day. Like like your client iron of it was good one day, it was terrible the next, or the other way around. Actually, yeah, if if we just we will do our do our best, whatever that looks like, we'll do the involvement, and the outcome will be what it is. Yeah, I think I think that's really true, and and you really you know to be honest, I always you know this often comes up with people is really explore what is the value of expectation or today I was having a conversation with someone who was sort of comparing herself to to uh, sort of other people doing a sort of similar role and you know it was really saying well what 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 what's the value of that and you know we had sort of conversation well that's what happens in the business because it's evaluation of performance you know, da, 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 da. and it's like yeah okay no I get that that's I get that but what's the value to you and it you know it was really interesting because it was like oh well well sometimes you can learn things so it was like you can see how other people do things so that's that's learning and you can perhaps learn to do things differently or more effectively um so we were exploring that so yeah absolutely that's that's really valuable that's you know that 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 if you feel you can use it to help yourself but you can really see the the Galway thing of as soon as that then becomes a judgment, that's mm. when you get that's when you get into problems and difficulties because you sort of realise that people that compare themselves, and I think that's probably what you see a bit more nowadays with why there's so much, for, particularly for young people, so many mental health issues. I think is probably you know partly to do with people being online and the stimulation of just being online so there is just the stimulation of your mind never is never at rest because you're constantly looking at a screen or looking at social media and so on and so forth so I think there's that part of it's just the stimulation but I think the other part of it is actually the content of things which sort of paints this picture of um, people having lives you know that everyone paints their positive picture on social media of their life i remember an ex-boyfriend of my my um daughter saying you know him and him and his friend were really hung over one morning like like feeling really really bad 
and he said we just went out for some breakfast but we took this picture like yeah just had this great night out and this is us having breakfast and they said we took this picture and he goes it's completely false we were feeling like crap <laughs> yeah we projected this image of you know yeah we're living it up and now we're having breakfast and so on so i think there is then that danger that people are comparing their lives to other people's lives yeah. and who wins in that it's like a mm. it's really when you examine it you think it's a really zero sum game because yeah you know you, you you can't there'll always be someone who's got something else or has been more successful or has got more money or something you know there's there's only of anything and you in a comparison group you know there's always invariably might be one person who's at the the tallest or the richest or whatever <laughs> um and everyone else is sort of comparing themselves to that and feeling like you know they've been a failure in some in some way so i honestly yeah. sometimes you know when you really explore what's the value of expectations what's the value of um comparisons you really start to sort of question uh that that whether they're helpful to have have in your life but it doesn't yeah. mean you can't like you're saying gareth it's the mean you can't have goals and you can't be working towards things but i think as we said before you you start i think what we're pointing to is that as you connect more to your sense of being if you connect more to um where tr where true happiness and fulfillment comes from which is sort of from within then what we achieve in life outwardly it is is almost a a reflection of us living into our being and seeing well where does that take us like so for you it takes you into well i i love running so great it's like what well, let it take you in that that direction you know me i love walking because i have a problem in my knee and if i try and run it just screws it up so i would like to run but i can't so i so i i i sort of walk so i think often it's that the things we the goals we have in life and the things that we sort of pursue in the outer world are more of something that comes from our sense of being it comes from our um comes i think from our innate nature which is to create you know our innate nature is to uh, live in the world and to to learn and to explore and expand and create and so feels all of these things are sort of representations of that that energy that connection to that sort of the energy force of life but you don't do them to be happy you do them because you are already happy <laughs> you are already yeah. fulfilled and yes. therefore you're expressing that you're expressing that into the world in the way of mastery you know it was described as you know you if if you're a creation that was based on sort of you know jesus and god would say well if you're a if you're created as life created you to be, then you were created. Therefore, it's in your nature to create. It's in your nature to to expand. You know, our consciousness, I think, is 
it doesn't we're not meant to stay in our comfort zone we're not meant to stay small we're meant to you know we're meant to expand we're meant to grow and develop and that's part of our nature and we're not i don't know that we were really born to have to judge that really right you know i often think i know we keep using young children as an example but it's such a good one of you know that when they're young they're, they're not they're not into judgments about am i tall enough am i am i walking yet you know you know i'm 10 months old and you know everyone else around me seems to walk in and i'm not i'm still stuck on the floor crawling it's like you know there's there's an innate desire to want to move because they see they probably see their older siblings or and think oh yeah i fancy some of that and so they don't judge themselves when they keep falling over and you know anyone you know when they have young children you know they fall over a lot when they're learning to to walk and you think god thank god they don't judge themselves i mean how how catastrophic would that be you know i think i've said on other podcasts you know <laughs> there'd be all these adults you know crawling around saying yeah i gave walking a, i gave walking a try <laughs> it wasn't for me you know i gave gave it a good go you know gave it a couple of days but just couldn't just couldn't master it so um yeah i just i just sort of hobble from sofa to chair <laughs> got my walker that takes me out to my car <laughs> i was i was speaking to a friend of mine who, who listens to the podcast i'm sure he'd be delighted that i'm retelling this story about uh his uh his I'll, I'll I'll keep it as sort of vague as possible to make sure I don't betray any sort of trust. I think it's fine, but I'll, I'll just be careful with it. The young youngest child um, uh, has got to two uh, and has only sort of now just started walking. And he was sort of talking about actually that is something that they've really worried about from a physical perspective, and even sort of you know gone and seen people to get some some uh, you know some help and advice uh, with it, um, and uh they the, the people that they saw sort of sort of talked about okay to what extent actually is it, it you know physical versus actually it is sort of psych psychological um and they thought that perhaps it was you know actually significantly sort of psychological in interestingly um but one thing i did think about it that made me think about this exact point not knowing that it was going to come up today was that actually the bigger you get the more it hurts if you fall over so that's what they were sort of saying is that actually because she's a sort of a bit older and have got a bit more uh, a bit more awareness of uh you know of you know how things work around actually there might well be a sort of a reluctance to uh to sort of try this walking lark because <laughs> actually when i fall over it probably hurts yeah 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 that's right it's um well they're probably born with softer bones for a reason yeah no so there so there is so there is that yeah um Joe, I was also when you were talking as well, just sort of moving the subject in a slightly different direction. I was thinking about time, um, and it reminded me that in casinos, uh, they don't have uh clocks in them, All right. and that uh, they are deliberately uh, no lighting in them as well. Uh, and it is all about trying to keep uh, people in the casino, keep them spending money and, and, and gambling. 
and that things like looking outside thinking oh crikey it's gone dark or it's light uh, or oh, i've just i've just seen just seen the time uh, those things that get in the way and make people trigger and go oh crikey i've been here for x amount of time or God, I, I i should be going and they deliberately remove these things to keep them keep them spending mm -hmm. uh which is also a good reminder of the house will always always win it's yeah. why there's five paying in slots in a in any kind of old school betting shop and only ever one paying out so they've got a vested interest but i just thought just that notion isn't it of you know, of 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 time and what it can create and actually where i don't know is it man manipulation perhaps it is to some extent isn't it actually the, what the removal of time can actually do yeah yeah, I know, didn't know that. Well, I've never been to a casino, so I probably wouldn't. Know. <laughs> I'm petrified by him. I'm, I have got this. I, 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 I always think I'm sort of going to lose the money. I never sort of look in it and go, oh, my God, look, if I spend this, I can get there. I just sort of, you know, um, and I've probably only ever gone, I don't know, but I can count probably the amount of times I've ever gone to, to a casino one one hand. Certainly never been to like a Vegas or some something like that. Um, so therefore I don't like him because I just expect that I'm just gonna lose money. So therefore do do avoid him. But yeah, they're just, you know, actually the way you can sort of, I don't know, look at human human existence in, in a casino, I think is sort of fascinating uh, fascinating yeah. for those first up people watchers. Yeah, well it is true, isn't it? I suppose if you you know, like if Often, when people are at their best, you don't you don't think about time. You're just in the flow of your experience. And so, I suppose if you're, yeah, they're trying to create a positive feeling, I guess, for the person, <laughs> and not getting yeah about time. Um, I guess hoping that the, you, you know, that 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 feeling will will help them spend more money presumably um yeah so you can sort of yeah you can sort of see they probably have sort of thought about that and understood that um but i guess that's the point for us as well isn't it in terms of really seeing that um that you know when we are at our best we're, we're invariably not not thinking so much i think often when people when you ask people oh, you know when when you're really perform you know you're in a challenging and difficult situation but you're really performing at your best i often do that on programs i run and ask people say what you know what was that experience like what were the qualities of your experience you know what did you notice and it's really interesting how you get you do get the same things. You get that sense of, well, I was just in the sort of flow of things. I was just really engaged. I was really interested. Um, time just, time just flew. Um, I was really, you know, present. Um, and, you know, sometimes you say, well, what, and what were you thinking? And it's really interesting because in very people stop and they go, well, I don't, I don't know that I was thinking. And then they often think, well, I, well, of course, I, I was saying things and we were doing things. If it was a business situation, you know, there were th clearly things we were talking about and covering, but it didn't feel like I was particularly thinking. So I think what they're describing is that it, when we're really present, we're just in the flow. So our thinking is just in the flow of that experience. Mm. So the thinking is just it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. We're just we're just sort of very open. Um, 
we're open-minded in a way and we're just allowing our thoughts to come through and they come through very naturally in service of you know whatever the discussion is that that we're having mm-hmm. so i think it is it is really helpful that why that is such a common experience mm. um because you know when you really examine it you you like you said earlier you can't manage time you can only really manage yourself in relation to to time so i suppose in a way lots of the things we've been talking about as part of the podcast is really saying well we <clears throat> we're always having an experience so we're always being so you can't you can't be any more in a sense in a in a in one way but it's really like I, I think it's saying that what is it that sometimes gets in the way of that what is it that sometimes seems to sort of um mask or cloud that in some way it, it it's usually when we get sort of caught up in our thinking and when we get so caught up in our thinking as the mind starts to sort of the speed up and that uh, and innocently we take our thinking out of the present moment you know particularly going back over things or thinking about the future that becomes that's who we're being at that moment so we're still being we're still there we're still present but more of our energy is going on the what the mind is creating and of course that invariably means that we're then not actually present to that the experience we're in at that at that moment in time yeah so you know you can see it sometimes this doesn't happen to me for a while but you know sometimes you're in a meeting and your head is like full of go you know you're you're still processing something that has happened or you've got so anxious you're thinking about the future and then someone turns around and says oh Steve what you know what do you think about that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I I have no idea (laughs) because I was in my own little fantasy world (laughs) (laughs) and you but you do uh, you know I've 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 been caught by it and you you can see other people being being caught by it as well yeah and um you know, particularly online stuff now, you can see that sometimes someone's looking at another screen or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. They're definitely not there. But you do see it physically in meetings as well, where that's where that's the case. Um, yeah. And I suppose... I, 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 oh, yeah, go on. No, go on. No, you go. You go. Well, I, I guess I would just... That was just going to lead me on to something else we were thinking about in the planning, which was that um, the, the, the value of sort of understanding our relationship to time and how, how our thinking and state of mind sort of plays into that is that you can definitely see that often it looks like it looks to us as though the world acts outside in as we've mentioned before so that that sometimes people and for all of us it feels like oh yeah i've just got so much to do 
you know, that's why my mind is racing and that's why I'm really feeling overwhelmed and really struggling. And that's what it sort of looks like. But actually, when you step back from it and and explore with people, well, are there times when you've had too much to do, but it hasn't, you haven't been overwhelmed and it hasn't felt like you've been overwhelmed. I had this conversation with someone recently and he was really noticing the truth of that was really saying, God, yeah, some days I can feel I've got like feel like I've got too much to do, but just really clear minded, just able to sort of plan and prioritize and really think about sort of what I'm doing, do one task, fully focused, move on to the next one and, and so on. And then other days, similar volume of work, but for some reason just can feel completely overwhelmed with it can't focus can't concentrate sort of start one thing then do to another and do to another and just feel completely sort of frazzled and unfocused <clears throat> and he was saying can you feel absolutely wiped at the end of the day mm. compared to the days where you've got that volume of work but because your mind was clearer you get at the end of the day and you're tired but but there's a fit there's physical tiredness it's like a, you know a day well lived in a way a day well lived and then sort of able just to have a nice evening and and sort of recover from that <clears throat> so i think that's the that's the key link to some of the other stuff we've talked about on other episodes is that the reason it's useful to tune into our state of mind is because once our state of mind drops below a certain level because our thinking is that our mind is much busier and from that busier state of mind we lack we lack real clarity the quality of our thinking is poor we tend to be more critical and judgmental and live with expectations and get over invested that all of that then causes our state of mind to drop and then we lose our ability to be really sort of present and engaged yeah so there is this sort of direct relationship between our experience of time and our state of mind i think that's why when people have an accident certainly when i had an accident many years ago you could it it felt time slowed down yeah it was like it was in slow motion because i think you Mm. become instantly really focused in that moment because you're not thinking all the thinking, the stress of it. Yeah, comes yeah, later. yeah. Do you know what's come to mind? A couple, couple of years ago, I had a lesson on a BMX track. Oh, yeah. Um, and they did a brilliant, brilliant job of teaching you and, and learning and development in that you, you kind of worked backwards across the track, which was really, really interesting. Um and you there's quite a technical nature of of how how you um uh do, do things and what interestingly and i think i'm going to get this the right way around because it's important in this moment is you don't pedal up hill in on a bmx because you know if you think about all the bumps and all the curves that you go in round you create speed on the downward to allow you when you go in up not to, not to cycle because you got to sort of control the the, the pace because you know i don't know if you, 
probably only watch BMX cycling once every four four years, you know, with at the, at the Olympics. But that was one thing I interestingly sort of learned is that the minute you get to kind of like a bump, you stop. Then when you're on your way down, then you pedal and then you stop again and you sort of go oh, go right. through these things. And and it was brilliant learning. And it was really really good. And it was all mixed abilities doing it. And you know, actually, you know, what was really interesting was you can manage your own pace, can't you? That actually because you're controlling how fast you want to you want to go over it all. It was you know, it just everyone was doing it in in a different way anyway i absolutely remember that that when we had to do i I don't think it was the whole track it was like a a part of it and i got it completely wrong of i pedaled uphill and i i therefore went into it too fast and it was one of those where you go kind of like um, it's, it's sort of like a multiple bumps very, very quickly if you can sort of manage it like a triple triple. And so therefore I'd pedal too fast uh, up the first one. Then when I came back down and then back up again, I'd lost control of the bike. And I can vividly just like remember it now. I'm almost like having, you know, really kind of like imagine I'm there talking about it now. I I got to that moment where I was like, I've lost control of this bike. I can't control it. I'm gonna I'm gonna crash here. And weirdly, and and like it, I, it felt like forever that that moment of accepting of of coming to realize of well probably a fighting it, and then b. Um, accepting that it was going to hurt and I was going to hit the deck and I'd been going pretty fast and that was going to be horrible. And what this extraordinary thing was, at that moment that I accepted it and I almost did nothing, I just was almost sort of thinking, well, you you can't do anything about this. It's going to happen. And I'm certain the body just went into, not a frozen mode, but certainly in a non-resistance mode, if that, if that, makes makes sense i'm not entirely sure that's the thing but i'll i'll go with it and weirdly the mo I, I the moment i did that actually i regained control the bike the bike slowed enough and stopped wobbling all about and i'd regained my balance and managed actually to land not to crash and to continue on going now i don't know that thing probably lasted probably barely two seconds and is me yeah. telling a 10 minute story about it all but but it just what you know i can it time felt like it went on for an absolute age but also at the moment of acceptance and and that non-resistance was when actually the subconscious kicked in something happened without me getting involved and it recorrected and i landed and continued yeah 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 and i wonder if it's almost like um you know i like the you know there's such a sort of common mantra now about the live in the now you know it's quite quite you hear that a lot yeah and i think um you know uh, meditation you know has really taken off over the last few years particularly around the sort of mental health field um and i think it sort of points to something um but if you if you sort of track back the the meaning of meditation or mindfulness 
it does go back to presence actually if you sort of track it right okay. back to the sort right. of Sanskrit roots. Um and I think I really like, I think it's Rupert Spira who describes it as we are meditation. So in a way, you know, why I think we intuitively get drawn or some people get intuitively drawn to meditation is because well, we are that, you know, what we've been describing about the sort of everyday being is saying, well, if, if the one common aspect of us our experience is that is the awareness well then that awareness is presence so therefore we are meditation in a way and i think like your example and my example with the accident is i think at that moment you become incredibly present and you therefore i, I think um is it stuart hammeroff who's done some work with sir roger penrose around sort of consciousness right he says you know there is some evidence that you that certain people have more moments of consciousness particularly he talked about athletes but he would also i think describe it as with accidents it's that sometimes you then because apparently consciousness is more episodic than just sort of continuous that you therefore you have more episodes of consciousness in that in that moment so you be in a way you become super conscious in that moment and i think that's really helpful to see i think that's probably where sometimes meditation is very helpful for some people but for a good percentage of people it also can make anxiety or depression worse if if you're using it to try and control your thinking and some approaches to meditation do advocate that that's not what we're talking about really where i would say when we're talking about being or talking about awareness it's really can we notice the nature of our mind i think from what i've read about things like buddhist meditation it was much more about understanding the nature. it wasn't about controlling your mind or trying to control your thinking because i guess in our experiences that's a fruitless activity because thinking happens through us not by us so trying to control it you know which some things advocate we're saying no we're approaching it slightly differently it's more to do with if you can understand the nature of your thinking and the nature of your mind and the nature of your relationship to time using time then you can you can navigate yourself from that that understanding of that because if you understand the nature of something that has real implications for the way that you try and approach you try and approach things yeah so it's looking at it from a sort of slightly different perspective what uh, what do you think about things like you know sort of i don't know planning and planning in detail and you know some of those things that we've sort of learned in time management and like you know to-do lists and effectiveness use and you know you plan these things and do that and schedule your emails to do this and i mean you know those are the things that i suppose we are i don't know taught in terms of um you know how how to do that you know effectively what what do you think about what our understanding of, of being has in relation or not to those things 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, if I think back for me personally, you know, I, I was really into a lot of different time management systems, you know, oh, yeah, Stephen right, okay. Covey, Seven Habits. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Had all the kit around all of that. And it, there's some, there was some good, there's some really good stuff about thinking about your different roles. And, you know, he used to talk about sharpening the saw and get, putting time into sort of sharpening the saw and so on, you know, looking after your spiritual, physical, emotional, mental well-being and so on. So there was some really <clears throat> powerful stuff in that. But I must admit, oh, yeah, Gareth's just holding up the seven habits of highly affected <laughs> people. Um, but what I think what's interesting for me is that then as, as I understood more of what we've talked about, and particularly the sort of three principles, understanding the inside out nature of our experience, so that you your understanding of yourself and your understanding of life um, you know, expands, you, you feel like you've got a deeper understanding of that, that I've noticed for me, and I certainly noticed with the clients I work with, that, that, that when you understand a bit more about the nature of your mind and able to navigate that and navigate your state of mind and your clarity of thought, my experience with that then is, you need less structure because often if you talk to someone like that person I mentioned that, you know, could see that some days I've got, so I've got so much to do. You sort of really notice when people are really on it and really in a good place and really in the flow. And I'll often ask them, say, you know, how much of a time management system do you need when to prioritize and plan and organize? And they go, Oh, not 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 much at all actually because you just you know what your priorities are um you um are tuned into um all the things that you've got on your plate and you're just making choices about what you're what you're doing and so you're able to just make choices and and so on and so forth and then it doesn't mean you don't have maybe a to-do list or you know people do it in different ways but you definitely notice that the form of that is a lot less when the formless part of the way that they're thinking about themselves and they're thinking about all the things they've got to do, you then need less form in order to enact that. Um, so like me, for example, I just use a very, I've just got some, different to do like an inbox that I put stuff in just to get it out of my head right and yeah. I'll go through and I might have certain things on days I might have certain things that are routines and and so on so quite mm. sort of quite quite sort of simple um and when people are in low states of mind and and they get stuck there a little bit that's often what I find then they're saying oh god I need a system I need a system it looks like I need a system and you can sort of see it well because their mind is so all over the place they feel like oh i just need a, i need a system to help me and of course it's saying okay look it, that might be a system there might be more organization but let's work on understanding your state of mind first mm. and so that when you've you're clearer and understand the role that's playing then from that place you go what type of system would work really well for you and you find then it's a much simpler 
system that is whatever their way of getting stuff out of their head or quite often I think I really liked Stephen Covey's um uh matrix of urgency and importance and I yeah I, yeah I, yeah I yeah, use yeah. that and I talk to people a lot about that actually that's been yeah, I think it's really neat. because I think what he was describing which I think is really true important and urgent quadrant one just gets done because it's important it's urgent quadrant two is the stuff that's um important but not urgent and so that you have to be more planful with so I think there is a truth to like someone I was speaking to yesterday you know she's been putting an hour in in the middle of her day to go for a walk she had a really busy job but she'd been putting this hour in and and like wow what a difference really just make oh gosh she was like just this really she said to me she said you know he says she said before we'd started working she said I I thought I was uh clear-minded really on it you know and and so on and she's I realized oh my god I've been operating at this speed and all the consequences of that for particularly for the people this person the people around her (laughs) of that busy mind and so she's noticed that as her mind has slowed down and she's being more planful about um, how she's spending her time that that's means she said I've had <laughs> I've I went this way identify I don't know if she'll listen to this but she said I've had this project that's been on the <laughs> for five years <laughs> and she said I just haven't moved it and then suddenly because I'm uh, manage I'm leading my team differently I'm engaging with them differently I'm taking more time for myself I'm getting more done now with less effort she said this project she said I said to my boss oh you know I just talked to you about this project I've been doing some work on it she said she's engaged with it and she said I don't I think he'd forgotten it so long <laughs> he'd forgotten about it <laughs> and he was going to her yeah yeah that's a really good idea I think I think you should really take, take that forward and she's thinking yeah I've been sat on it for five years I think I should move it forward <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was like you could really see that 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 suddenly that quadrant two, the the urge the important but not urgent was suddenly oh right okay now I, I can really see I need to put time and effort into that and then I really like his quadrant three which is urgent but not important because I think that's the other thing that particularly as people progress their career that is where other people steal their time in effect yeah yeah because it's the things that are urgent and requests that are made of you, but for you, they're not important. And your ability to stay, say no, you know, in the right way and create boundaries is also a state of mind issue. So if you, if you're busy minded and, you know, that in a slightly lower state, you tend to find people don't say no, just, they just, like a sponge they just take more and more and more and I think once your mind slows down and you're much clearer about what's important you suddenly start to appreciate I think that when you say yes to something you're saying no to something else and vice versa obviously and I think that's a really helpful 
way to think, oh God, if I'm saying yes to this person, I am saying no to something else. And that no could be my evening with my partner tonight because yeah. I'm going to be working. So, you know, the truth is whatever you're saying yes to something, you are saying no, no to something else. And that yeah. I think is a is a state of mind issue yeah you know, actually, it's really interesting somebody I'm, I'm working with at the minute it's got this real kind of uh, i don't know incredibly engaging and inspirational life plan that effectively uh, is i need to do lots of stuff today and be really busy because actually in four years time i'm absolutely doing nothing uh and that, that's that's the life that i want i want to lead um, but it's incredibly demanding and and stretching to say I've got to do lots now and I've got to do these important things now in order to realise that goal of hedonism. What, what's interesting is that you know because it's such a demanding and stretching plan at times. Well, and also by the way, it's a demanding and stretching time, and in clearly inherently, this individual has got a desire for hedonism. Which actually, as much as you go, I want hedonism in four years' time, the reality is, no, 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 I want hedonism now. So actually, hedonism or other things can get in the way of what, what it is that I'm choosing to do now and the time that I have now. And one of the things that we've sort of agreed amongst ourselves in, in, in a phrasing between ourselves is that, you know, every month that you delay whatever important action it is that you, you've got to take in order to make this plan, you're delaying your future by a month. So there is a direct consequence and you're, you're putting further away that, that future that you're trying, you're trying to create. Um, and, and, you know, he sort of uh, in many ways describes sort of like what, what he's doing now is like almost like a penitence and a, and a prison sentence. And we're talking about, okay, by not doing that, that you've committed to, you're extending your prison sentence by a month. How does that make you feel? It's like horrendous. I'm going to, I'm going to do these difficult things now because I, I know what it is that I want. And I know, understand that connection between doing these things now gives me that, that future that I'm that I'm I'm, I'm hoping to create. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, what else, Steve? Did you think we should be talking about and covering today? I think we probably <clears throat> we probably covered it a bit. You know, I think that you know that I think you know just to reinforce that relationship between the way that we experience time and our state of mind I think is is a really useful thing for people that are listening to this to just ex explore and get curious about in their own experience that you know there is invariably you know when we feel constantly pushed and time and time poor and so on you can you, you can track it back to your state of mind in the sense that you know we 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 often get caught up in in efficient ways of thinking which then take more time so that's the hidden cost of 
a sort of poor state of mind that we tend to engage in lots of thinking that's not really helpful. A lot of our thinking goes round and round and round in circles and doesn't really move us forward. So you get that sense of, you know, and I've had people say to me, you know, for every hour, 15 minutes, I'm, I'm focused and 45 minutes, I'm all over the place. I've had someone say that. He said, I can go through a whole day like that. And you think, wow, what, what a consequence that's having. Plus also, I think the, it, 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 the more macro level then it's important because your priorities and what you see is important and how you're cho the choices you're making about how you're living your life and what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to you 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 do that more mindfully then and you you see that you're making a choice and I think that's really helpful. I mean, I work a lot, as I mentioned before, you work a lot with lawyers who work very long hours and very hard, but it's saying, well, that's that's the choice you're making. And you have to sort of take ownership and responsibility for that and, and you know, and be genuinely curious, is that the ongoing choice that you want to make? But then within that it's really tempting to normalize a busier mind. Like the person I mentioned, the, um, you know, she normalized a, a, a busier mind. And so for her, it was like, oh, wow, I'm having a really different experience that feels very unusual because perhaps they've lived their life. And I'm saying to you, you've just normalized a busier mind. And now you're seeing the true nature of your mind. And as you slow that down, suddenly the way you go about what you're doing and she works very hard and she loves working hard so it's not about not working hard it's just saying yeah you can work hard but you can have a better experience of that and you can create a better experience for other people in that and then you can by working in that way you can progress your role in a way that then gives you the time and energy to put into that more because uh, hers is about sort of um, moving to the next level of stepping up into that more sort of strategic role but not I think too often there's people that their strategy is well as I move up if they don't understand some of this it's just well the only solution is I've just got to work longer and harder yeah yeah. it's just a bigger role and it's like well yeah, but you hit the buffers of that. As a lawyer, you definitely hit the buffers of that. So you it, either you do that and you think, okay, that's the strategy, or you change your strategy. <laughs> you think about your role differently. You think about time differently. You understand more of the variable of your state of mind so that you can... And I think it's a very real... You know, George Pransky used to say, you know, I can make you... I think he said um, um, twice as productive with half the effort and he would he would he would he would that's what he would say to a client and i'm not quite as bold to go there but i i genuinely think there is a there is a real truth to that you can you can certainly find and help people get way more productive with way less emotional effort to it because we so often when we're not in a good state that we're doing a lot of thinking that 
that looks like it's valuable because it's connected to something but you just realize you're just spinning your wheels mm. you know you're just going round and round and round in circles and and you know if you're worrying about the future it's like how's that is there an answer in that how about you any final reflections no i don't no i don't think so i don't think so so let's wrap up that today's episode uh as ever uh get in touch if anything comes to mind uh hello at everydaybeing.co.uk or on instagram everyday.being uh is the instagram send us a direct message there uh, there is a new blog out so check out our blogger site uh details of that are on the instagram gram page um if there's something that you think uh other people that you know would like please please share please give us a rating wherever you get your podcast because those things do make a difference steve and i will be back fairly soon with uh the next episode and <laughs> we'll work out whether indeed that might be four or maybe episode think, five but I'm either sure way we'll you're be right. back. i'm sure you're right Gareth, I think. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm one behind so yeah we'll be back for episode six <laughs> yeah, yeah. and there is <laughs> yeah <laughs> there is the nature of time we can yeah. neither control the past nor the future all we can be is now that was now in the past episode four yeah. of everyday being take care big love thanks everyone <laughs>